The Latter-day Lives podcast is not owned or operated by The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Any opinions expressed or implied in this recording are solely those of the host and guests and not of any specific organization, unless otherwise stated. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Latter-day Lives podcast. My name is Sean Rapier. I am your host and am so excited for this week's episode. I have now had, well, prior to today, I've had three guests under the age of 30. Uh, we had Robbie with Working with Lemons, and we had Clint Pulver on, and we had Monica Moore-Smith. And this week we've got another under 30 and I have to say, you know, I, I hear people talk about millennials uh, sometimes disparagingly. And my experience with meeting these amazing young men and women, it's just incredible. And I have great hope and faith. And today's guest, uh, Kelsey Edwards, just strengthened that, that hope and faith that I have. Kelsey is an actress. She is a singer. And she is just an amazing person. I'm so excited for you to get to know her. So it's a fantastic conversation, uh, really just impressive young lady. And this week in my Latter-day life, I'm going to tell you how my family chose to light the world this past week. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's conversation. Today on the Latter-day Lives podcast, here in the Latter-day Lives podcast studio, it is my pleasure to have actress and singer. Are there other titles (laughs) that people need to know? YouTuber, I don't know. YouTuber, YouTuber, actress and singer, (laughs) Kelsey Edwards. Kelsey, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. So Kelsey and I met at uh, an event that uh, Boncom put on for influencers, and Kelsey's very influential, and uh, it was part of the Light the World. So this is our fourth Light the World-focused interview, so so glad that you're here, and we're going to talk a little bit about your projects after. But before we do, let's get to know Kelsey. Kelsey, tell us a little bit about yourself. So my name is Kelsey. I'm originally from San Antonio, Texas, and I now live in Provo, Utah. I moved here a couple years ago, my senior year of high school. Not the best thing in the world. Don't super recommend that. But, you know, you got to do what you got to do. I have been acting for most of my life. I kind of started when I was about five years old in theater and stuff and then switched to film when I was about 10. Moved out to L.A. for film out there. Worked out there for a while and um, kept kept doing that. I've done ballroom dance and then I am passionate about music, love music. And I started to work on music in the last year. So it was well, too. That's awesome. And we're done. That was okay, it. cool. Thanks, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening, <laughs> Have everyone. Have a great day. <laughs> oh, that is awesome. That gives us a lot to talk about. So originally from San Antonio, you mm-hmm. grew up there until your senior year in high school. Yeah. <laughs> that is a difficult time to move, right? Yeah, not not the funnest time to move, that's yeah. for sure. What did you love about San Antonio? San Antonio is fun because it's just, it's a melting pot. It's like a, a variety of cultures and people and... Um, it, a lot of people are there for military, but a lot of people are just born and raised there. San Antonio just has a lot of, like, the, you've got the Riverwalk and the Alamo, yeah. and, you know, there's a lot of festivity, and just, I really, really love that, so. It is a very, very festive town. Mm-hmm. I, I have to say, I've I've spent, actually, a lot of time in San Antonio. Cool. I love it there. Yeah, I love San Antonio. <laughs> so, I work with a company out there called HEB. That, uh, I love HEB. <laughs> yeah. People, people in Utah 
can't imagine what it's like. I mean, forget Walmart. There is an H-E-B on every corner. That's right. Yes. And, and yes. in my opinion, H-E-B is better, but I'm a little biased. <laughs> yes. And, and so I've spent a lot of time out there. The biggest surprise to me about San Antonio was how small the Alamo is. I know, right? Yes. It is small. First time there, we were so excited, like, oh, we're at the Alamo. It's going to be amazing. And I walked around going, wait, this is it? Now, there was a bigger area. There was a courtyard before. Yeah. But what's left is uh, you can see it pretty quickly. Yeah. You don't have to be out there very long. Yeah. So That's cool. Did, now, when you were in high school, did you hang out at the Riverwalk? You know, I love the Riverwalk. I mostly, so like, we didn't, I went there sometimes during the school year, but my favorite thing is at Christmas time, they always light mm. up the Riverwalk with the most beautiful Christmas lights and all the trees are just covered and the whole Riverwalk is lined. And so every year as a church activity, we would go ride oh, the boats awesome. like down. Oh, so, oh, that's my favorite. And I did some pageants. Actually, I did a Christmas pageant on the Riverwalk where I acted. Nice. And that was really cool at Christmas time. So the Riverwalk, and again, I we have nothing like it in Utah, Right. but I love the Riverwalk. Mm. I am a huge NBA fan. And the Spurs are amazing. I'm and so have, glad you said that. <laughs> and have, uh, I'm a Laker fan, but I have to say that after the Lakers, the Spurs are just fantastic and have the best coach in, one of the best coaches in the history of the NBA in Popovich. Um, but I've always watched the parades that they actually do the parades down in the Riverwalk. So mm-hmm. cool, cool area, San Antonio. So as now are your parents or is your whole family members of the church? Did you um, grow up in the church? I did grow up in the church. Yeah. yeah, so I've been I've been a member of the church my whole life. Um, my my family, so my mom and my brothers, they're also members of the church. My dad is not active in the church. Yeah, um, I think he. Yeah, he's. I wouldn't consider. He probably still considers himself a member of the church, but he's not active at all. So. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, but you grew up going to church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This wasn't I, something you found later in life. No. Nope. Kind of your whole life, you remember young women and all that. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, having said that, though, like I I still had to have my own point where I had to decide that yeah. it was something I believed and wanted to follow as well. Um, but yeah, it is something I've done my whole life. So Kelsey, for our listeners, is 23 years old, mm-hmm. which we pointed out that she is four years younger than my oldest daughter. So yeah. <laughs> feeling very, very old right Whatever. now. No. But, uh, but that's awesome. No, I agree. I, you know, everyone has to come to that moment. Mm-hmm. And you know, you can only get so far, you can only get so far past 18. Mm-hmm. Before you really ask yourself, is this stuff all real? Yeah. Is this something I want to continue with and I want to pursue? So good for you. Well, exactly. I just, I don't believe that. I, th- I think I'm just, I'm kind of a deep thinker and kind of analytical and logical about things. And so even from a young age, I think I first started questioning things when I was like 11. And I was like, what do I believe? Like I've been taught these awesome. things, you know what I mean? What What am I actually living and do I believe this? And so at that point I had to go through this process of like testing my faith and experimentation and learning. And, you know, we talk in the scriptures in the book of Mormon, there's a book of Alma chapter 32 that talks about experimenting and, um, you know, planting your faith and letting it grow like a seed. So I had to try that. And that, that is what helps me decide that this is something I believed in. I'm so glad you said that, you know, because I think that if you float along, Kind of on, well, you know, I'm a, mm-hmm. I, I think right now, especially we're finding there are a lot of uh, millennials, which you would be smack in the middle of, or, or are you the next generation after millennial? I, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm a millennial. I okay. think that is where I, I'm like yeah. right at the edge though. Right at the end of, because yeah. I just, I just heard the new term for what comes after millennial, but I don't remember what it is. It's Generation Z, isn't it? Generation Z, Something is that like it? That? Yeah, I'm Generation X. Okay. We skipped right over Y, <laughs> went to Z. Um, but I, I, but I, one of the things I noticed that's very different from my generation, um, you know, my generation was a bit more all in, all out. 
Like most of my friends either were Mormon, really Mormon, or they were totally just inactive. Like Interesting. We use that phrase a lot, inactive. Right. I see a lot with, um, with millennials that there are a lot more cultural Mormons. Mm-hmm. Like I go to church sometimes, I kind of do some things, there's parts of it I identify with, some I don't. I think there are great strengths to that in some ways, like I'm glad that people feel comfortable coming wherever, whatever stage they are. Sure. But it can also be easy to kind of think that that that's going to be enough. Right. Right. So that kind of wishy-washy halfway thing. Yeah. But you are definitely a an amazing spokesperson, very vocal for the church, like in all the projects you do and stuff. I Thank mean, you. you've you've got some great projects. So growing up, how many kids in your family? I have two brothers. I have an older brother and a younger brother. And my little brother is actually on a mission for our church right now in right California, on. Fresno. In the Fresno so, mission. Yeah. Yeah. Elder little, Edwards, he's doing great. <laughs> a little bit of Central Valley there. Yeah. yeah that's yep. a great area. Gosh, there are a lot of humble people out there. Really good people to teach. And then now, are your brothers artistic? Are they musical? Are they actors? Yeah. So that's the interesting thing. So I'm I'm an actor, but my brothers were all, we all kind of started at the same time when we were younger. My mom mm. got all three of us into acting. We all moved to LA. My brothers have since stopped acting and I'm the only one who still does it. However, my little brother loves music and actually my older brother does too. Yeah. Both very musically talented. And my older brother is an amazing videographer and filmmaker. Oh, cool. And so he's he's not doesn't spend as much time in front of the camera anymore. And now he's like behind the camera. And very, so very does cool. Does a lot with that. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So at what age did you did you start in with the acting? Honestly, I did my first play when I was five, and I did my first movie when I was seven. What? (laughs) Five and seven? Yeah, it's been a while. So your first play, do you remember what the first play was? Yep, it was Little Luncheonette of Terror, which is like, like, it was like a kid's version of Little Shop of Horrors. (laughs) So it was like the mild, kid-friendly, family-friendly version. fun. That's so cool. It was fun. And then what about your first movie? My first movie was a movie called A Promise Kept. (laughs) A Promise Kept. Yep. I played a little girl who got kidnapped, actually. So it was kind of an intense scene. I know, but I was fine. I got rescued and everything, but... So how did you how did you make that transition? How did you end up getting into movies? So it's kind of a funny story. We were doing theater for a long time until I was about 10. I did do that movie when I was seven, but it, the film wasn't my main focus then. Um, we had we had this manager from L.A. come to one of my acting workshops that I had been attending. And, um, and this was all in San Antonio, in San Antonio still. still. Yeah. yeah. I was also doing modeling. So I was at a modeling. Holy cow. Yeah. I just was The triple threat. Crazy, I guess. And I danced too. I don't know. But what? I was just all over the place. <laughs> but wow. I was working at a modeling... Um, um, a modeling like agency and so a talent manager from LA came talent manager and she um, did some acting workshops with us and stuff and she talked to my mom and she's like hey like your kids they're, they're pretty natural like they're good at this maybe you ought to think about bringing them out to LA wow and my mom bless her heart she is just spontaneous and so she's like okay so we like moved to LA how wait how old were you so you this is when you were seven you moved to LA I was 10 when we moved to LA yeah what yeah I, I, we were homeschooled so that helps as well yeah so um didn't have to worry about public school but yeah Oh, and you have day. a very patient, dedicated mom. Yeah. To homeschool and to help you pursue all these dreams and stuff. I know. So you did your first movie at seven. What was the movie for? Was it 
like a theatrical release movie? Was it a TV movie? Yeah, it was a theatrical release. It it, it was um it was played at some movie theaters like in Texas yeah. and like around that area. Oh, cool! It had like Sean Patrick Flannery and just some awesome. kind of B list actors. Yeah, it was really fun though. That was my first time on a movie set, and I just remember being like starry eyed, like seeing. I had I, I had it my own trailer. Like I was like hair and makeup as well. Wow! So they gave me a trailer, and then I went to hair and makeup, and I was like, "What is this craft services?" <laughs> I'm like living a seven year old dream right now. How fantastic! <laughs> Fantastic. Now, do you enjoy being on set? Do you enjoy movies? Yes. Oh my gosh, I love it so much. It's oh. just, it's the best. And growing up on set, like, um, my first movie was then, but then when I was in LA, like, I'd still have to do schoolwork on set. So we'd have on set tutors, and we'd have like, on, you know, I grew up doing homework and stuff on that type of thing. And I think that's kind of what really, really cemented this like yeah. love of the film industry and being on set and being in a movie. Oh, it's just wow. like from a young age, it was just kind of instilled in me, and I just like fell in love with it. See, and I, I've. I, I hate being on film sets. Are you serious? Yeah, I've done oh, I've done what? some TV and I've done some film and I hate it. No I, way. It's so long. Oh. And I, you know, I so I enjoy acting, but uh, you know, my my main thing is stand up and right. stand up. You get stand up, you do your show, people laugh. Yeah. An hour later, you're done. You go home. <laughs> on set, what people don't realize is like to shoot a thirty second commercial, it's all day. Yeah. Oh. I yeah. mean, you're there and they're rearranging the lights and it's do another take and wait for another forty five minutes. I get so bored That's on so set. <laughs> That's awesome, but I love that you love it. Oh, I have... there is no place else I'd rather be. I just am at home when I'm on a film set, and oh, you're right though. It is a lot you. of work. Like people have said that to me too. They're like, "Oh wow, what a glamorous career! What a glamorous lifestyle!" I'm like, you know nothing. <laughs> like no, shooting film and video. Hard. Shooting film and video. There is, it's just long. It's long, and I get tired. And yeah, and you have to do everything a million times and make it look like it's the first time every time. Yeah, and you also have to create like create emotions out of a fake scenario and like make them it's it's yeah. it's hard work but i love it so i think it's harder for me because i'm a really bad actor and <laughs> and and i laugh too easily i laugh man i break up no matter what serious scenes doesn't matter i laugh that's too funny. too hard for me so you did this movie when you were seven you kind of got rolling with it the agent comes in and you went out to la what was that experience like la was awesome i loved it um that was where I got all my training. That's where I got like my first manager, my first agent, all that stuff. And um, really laid the groundwork, I guess, or the framework for my career. And um, worked a lot in there, out there in commercials and, and TV shows. And it's funny because like I'll look at some of the big movies and um, like, for example, like Willy Wonk on the Chocolate Factory. Like I auditioned for the part that Anna Sophia Robb you know, got, you oh, know what yeah, I mean? Like cool. I'm like, oh, I remember that audition. I remember that script. Or, like I got a call back for that. Or, you know, it's like it's kind of weird. That's fun. Um, so it's kind of like that. That side of it's really fun. But um, there's also a challenging side in that your morals and, and your standards are challenged and tested oh a lot. Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah. And so that's kind of eventually why we ended up leaving is because we kind of got to the point where it was like, I'm a 10 year old kid and you're asking me to say the F word. Like, you know, I'm not going to oh do my that. Gosh. And some of the scripts, my brother, I think was 14 at the time. And he, the scripts that, you know, they're trying to get 14 year old kids to do really edgy stuff. And no. it was just, yeah. at that point it was just like, not, n- not at all. Like what we felt good about. So we left. I'll just tell you as a father of seven, I love your mom. Like I love your mom. I love that she pursued, uh, that she pursued having you guys follow your dreams and whatnot, that you moved to LA, but then that she pulled it back, mm-hmm. and that's great. So, uh, how many years were you in LA? Um, it was about a year total. We went out for like two separate pilot seasons, so it was awesome. two consecutive pilot seasons, which totaled up to be about a year. Yeah, so. and 
A lot of actors do that. I have a lot of friends who just go out and they spend pilot season out there mm-hmm. and try to try to try to get uh, pilots going, and and then they come back. Yeah. yeah. So then you were back in Texas, mm-hmm. but you continued to do acting mm-hmm. in Texas. Yep. And went. So I have to ask on your. I watched your demo reel. Oh. And <laughs> you had a really cool long scene with Tony Hale. Yes. Who is just hilarious. I know. <laughs> Tony Hale, for our listeners who don't immediately recognize him, he he's on Veep now, which I've never watched a Veep, but he was Buster on Arrested Development mm-hmm. and is one of the funniest, most talented actors. What project was that? So that was a TV pilot called The Farkles. And oh my gosh, so much fun. Uh, and so you played bummed. his daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, he he honestly to date is one of my favorite actors I've ever worked with because he's so kind. He's 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 big a name, you know what I mean? Like he's a huge name. People know who yeah. he is, but he doesn't act like it at all. Like he's so genuine. He'd hold the door open for me. He'd be like asking me all about my day and like just treating me like a friend. And I was like, what? <laughs> like this is awesome. So, yeah, he comes across that way. And yeah. you know, it's funny because I. I got to know him as Buster Bluth right. on Arrested Development. And then I saw him in an interview, and he's such a normal, down-to-earth guy, mm-hmm. that which just tells you his acting prowess is unbelievable. I mean, yeah. he's very talented. He is amazing. I so wish that TV show had gotten picked up. The, the funny thing is, is ABC was there pitching it to ABC, and it was between Modern Family and the Farkles. Like, they'd narrowed everything else down really? between my show and Modern Family. Oh. And Modern Family got picked, which is, you know, whatever. But, like, <laughs> I was <Yeah>. so bummed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's hard. would have been cool. Well, and so did you understand at how old were you when you when you shot that? 14, 13 or 14. So by then you understood that this is a pilot. It yeah. may or may not be made. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, which is again the bummer that it didn't get picked. It was so close, but It's frustrating because even when you know like so I'm I'm also a writer who isn't, but uh, mm-hmm. I've I've written a few scripts and I've had two scripts that have been optioned. And you sit there and you go, look, it's a million to one shot mm-hmm. of this ever doing anything, but I'll take that one. <laughs> no, I'll take that, that one. You go, oh, <laughs> gosh, I, I just want it to be. And it's so heartbreaking when nothing happens with it. It's really mm-hmm. frustrating. It's hard. Well, good for you. So yeah. and then your senior year, you come out to Salt Lake. What was that? Yeah. So that was a very interesting experience as well. Um, So yeah, I'd done some acting in in Texas and my family is out here in Utah, a lot of my extended family. So I'd worked in uh, Utah and come out here my whole life just to see family. And then, um, so yeah, this is kind of like a more personal thing, but my parents, they got a divorce when I was um, 16, 17. So that pretty much prompted the move was uh, my, my mom was like, okay, we need to need a new chapter. We need to like, yeah, my my family's out here. um, So yeah, so we moved to Utah and be able to kind of start over. And so my mom actually got into BYU and she started going to school. And I did a high school ballroom team out here, which was really cool for me because I'd been doing ballroom in Texas, but they don't have um, teams out there like they do sure. here. So, sure. Yeah. Okay, your mom just continues to be my hero. I, I just have to keep restating that. <laughs> Shout now out to your mom mom's going to, going to BYU. That's just so awesome. <laughs> She's so this amazing. is a lot. I mean, this must have been a very pivotal time in your life you're you know your parents are going through a divorce and you're moving to utah congratulations (laughs) you know feels like the teenage lottery right Right. i'm like whoa my life is great (laughs) yeah that's hard and you know i've got to say props to you i mean there are a lot of people who go through this i mean this is common you know Mm -hmm. for teenagers to go through divorce and or to go through a move right for you to not 
become super rebel or did you did you go through a rebellious phase honestly i never did and i know that sounds kind of like goody goody but i just no (laughs) it sounds wonderful like (laughs) it's really great i just made the decision early on that i was not and this actually came from my mom another reason why she should be a hero and mine she she was one who told me she's like you know we don't ever let our circumstances be an excuse for bad behavior oh yeah, like quote from her I mouth. And I was like, love that. Mom, you're wise. And so I just, yeah, I made that decision based on her advice that I could let this experience um, be an excuse for becoming someone I wasn't proud of, yeah. or I could let it shape me and refine me and let me become better and, and stronger. So that's what I chose Gosh. to do. So, Kelsey, that is awesome. A lot of people would have said, well, you can't blame me. <laughs> can't blame me. Right. I just, you know, at that age to watch your parents go through a divorce, painful, Mm -hmm. to move, painful, it would have been easy for you to say, well, it's not my fault. I'll do whatever I want. Right. Good for you. Wow. So you come, come out here and you start in with acting here in Utah. Now, a lot of people are surprised at how much film happens in Utah. Right. Yeah. Why, why is that? Why does so much film happen in Utah? Um, that's a great question. I feel like, um, the reason why film is happening more so is because people are realizing, I mean, for one, I'm going to be totally honest, it's a lot cheaper to film in Utah than it is to film in LA. Yeah, we're a right to work state. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there's, uh, it's not a union state as well. And, and like, there's just, um, I don't know, there's a lot of talent here. There's a lot of skill and there's a lot of really, really good people that know what they're doing. And yeah. so I think, um, because of that, like the, it's a little bit cheaper here. There's also really high quality and high caliber yeah. talent here. Um, there's a lot of a lot of film projects. Also, the the LDS Church does make a lot of film as well. So yeah. a lot of the film that comes through here is like church projects, videos, f- movies, and stuff like that. Church keeps people working. Yeah. Oh, they do. Yeah. No, it's true. And and I mean, they do great great productions. Yes. Like a lot of people have uh, church productions on their reel, and yeah. it's fantastic. Yep. Yeah. Very, just... very cool. I think also the the topography, the diversity of the land, you know, one of the things about Utah is you can be in the middle of the desert and then, you know, by shooting in the salt flats, and then two hours later, you're in the middle of the mountains, and you mm-hmm. can be down in St. George with the Red Rocks. Yeah. And, other than ocean, we haven't figured that one out I know. yet. I was going to say, the one thing we're missing is an ocean. If we had yeah. an ocean, I'd be so happy. But you, you got to green screen the ocean in. Exactly. But other other than the ocean, I think we've got just about every kind of, plus big cities. I mean, you can be right. in Salt Lake City, mm-hmm. and then you can be in Laverkin right. in the middle of yeah, a mm-hmm. small town. And, totally. and yeah, so it's impressive. The other thing is the Utah Film Commission is amazing. Mm-hmm. Like they get out and work. I also think the Sundance Film Festival. Yes being right here, so many filmmakers have credited that they came for the festival, looked around, got to know the Utah Film Commission, mm-hmm. met actors, met directors, and went, well, why wouldn't I you know, shoot out here all the time? In fact, Ty Burrell, who's in Modern Family, who was right. mentioned before, mm-hmm. he ended up moving out here and oh. opened, he has a bar downtown Salt Lake, and he is the big evangelist for Utah. He just tells everybody how awesome it is. That's so cool. And he and his wife live out here now. So very, very cool. So you now, when did when did the YouTube videos start for you? So YouTube has only been within like the last year, and honestly, um, that I've really been taking it seriously has been in the last like six months, probably. So it's a pretty new thing. I'm definitely like still a baby YouTuber, still working on growing my channel, but. 
Um, it's just been a really fun opportunity to be able to share my passions with people. So my channel is primarily music videos and then acting like on set vlogs. So yeah. when I'm on set, when I'm doing something like, you know, whatever, um, preparing for an audition, like I'll film it or cool. whatever. So, um, but then yeah, releasing music videos as well. So your music videos, I went back and I watched them all. I watched oh, everything. Thank you. I do so all my, nice. <laughs> I do all my homework because I, I appreciate our guests. Yeah. Um, I am blown away by the quality of your videos. Thank you. How do you get such high production quality out of them? I really appreciate that. Um, you know, I, I can't really take credit for that part of it. It's, I've worked, I've been blessed to work with some amazing people, some amazing filmmakers. Yeah. And yeah, I've worked with um, like RJ Edos, Corey Bocut, um, Boulevard Productions, like every everyone that's produced my music videos has been very talented and awesome, um, just amazing, awesome collaborative efforts for most of them. Honestly, so I, I would say that our our listeners go for sure check out Kelsey Edwards. If you just search Kelsey Edwards on YouTube, I <laughs> think you're you. the only Kelsey Edwards. Probably, I mean, there might be others, but hopefully the first one. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> if you're finding the music videos, then it's yeah. it's Kelsey Edwards. Go check out the videos because the quality. You'll be shocked. I mean, <laughs> these are big production like incredibly shot incredibly well shot so on most of them are you coming up with the idea and putting the video together yeah yes so mostly yes but it's a calm again it's a collaborative effort i can't really take full credit for anything um i would say like uh i've done some like i did an easter and a christmas music video with my friend loki those were 100 percent. we did everything ourselves we came up with the video idea ourselves we really? filmed it we edited ourselves all of us but then um, my believer music video um that idea and the, that idea was mostly mine, but it was also a collaborative effort with the production company. They just were starting out. They're like, hey, we want to make music videos. Can we make a music video for you? How so cool. they worked with me on that. And then believe uh, Heathens, I did a cover of Heathens by 21 Pilots. Yeah. Um, that concept for the music video was entirely Corey's idea. Mm. He, he was like, I want to make a music video. Will you be in it? And so yeah. that's kind of how that worked. And so it's just been it's been a handful of things. Like sometimes it's my idea. Sometimes you've it's just got the collaborative, talented, you know, <laughs> talented people. Let's talk about Loki and it's Aloha Kea. Yeah. Loki Aloha Kea. Mm-hmm. Loha Kea. You say it so naturally. Loki Aloha Kea. <laughs> I've talked to him a million times. So what a great voice Loki has. Right. I mean, you guys put together. You could be like a national touring act. Aww. Like you guys. Seriously, you have these voices together. That's just beautiful. Uh, if you're looking to get into the Christmas spirit, Hallelujah and Silent Night. What I mean, when I saw it, I went Hallelujah, which we all know Hallelujah. We all know Silent Night. There is no way these songs go together. Stunning. Thank you. It so was much. so beautiful, Kelsey. <laughs> tell us how did you get the idea to merge those or not merge, but you know, sing those two songs together. Right. Well, so I just I always try to when I make music and when I make music videos, I always try to do something kind of different. There's a lot of music out in the world. Um, there's a lot of covers and stuff like that. And I always want to do something that's just kind of different than what people have heard before. And so that idea came to us. I think Loki was playing the guitar and we were like heard the same chords and we're like, wait, we could sing that with with this and then we kind of started singing it over the top of it and then at that point we just we picked which verses went together where we we're going to cut things out we arranged it ourselves and it was just kind of a really fun adventure which uh, yeah that speaks to your musical talent because it is a beautiful arrangement like i would have never guessed they went together <laughs> and if you want to get in the christmas spirit the video is beautiful thank you so much loki just has this great approachability oh, yeah. in the video like you just want to just kind of i wanted to hang out with you guys Aww. i was like watching the video and i went i could hang out with these two they That's were so, so nice. cool I, loki but, is amazing yeah yeah he's great and then you guys also did uh, i can only imagine with a child's prayer mm-hmm. i love these mashup songs Thank but you. to bring a child's prayer into it come on like 
do people just watch it and cry regularly or is it just me? Am I, you know, I know I'm an emotional guy, but it's beautiful. I mean, it really is touching. And I love that. What I love about it is it's just this unapologetically faith promoting song. I mean, you, you, you listen to it mixed in with a child's prayer with, I can only imagine. I mean, just, it's just beautiful. I mean, it's so innocent and, and. So how long do these shoots usually take? Are you able to get them done in a day or is it a few days? Yeah, generally generally we're able to do everything in like two to three hours. I think the video that I did with Loki for I Can Only Imagine in a Child's Prayer, that one was a couple days because we had different scenes and stuff like that. Yeah, that was a bigger um, video. Yeah. Big production. Mm-hmm. But generally most things are done. Believer took all day. That was about eight to 12 hours because a bunch of scenes. Was but... Believer your first kind of bigger video? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was my first music video that wasn't like a kind of like gospel centered yeah, yeah this was your take on uh, believer which is an imagine dragons song mm-hmm. and yeah. uh yeah it's great fantastic and then very interesting because a very very different take is heathens i know <laughs> the yeah. uh the 21 pilots song heathens how did that come about that was a halloween <laughs> project a halloween cover, yeah. yeah again so Corey boca is the videographer and producer behind that video amazingly talented i saw a post of his on facebook and he was like i want to make a heathens music video I commented, he reached out to me and was like, hey, I saw your music video. I showed him Believer and he was like, I, I love that. I want to work with you. Awesome. So um, that that was him really. He he really kind of drove that whole thing and um, we worked together, collabed on like trying to find a location and like the vibe, but I can't take credit for the storyline or the, anything because that was all his idea. But I did, I worked with an amazing producer called BDN on the, mm. on the song. So we collabed on that and that was yeah. kind of finding a cool, my style is kind of primarily electronic. So kind of like an electronic version to match Corey's vision for the video. And so the three of us just kind of put our brains together. Corey's cool. idea, Corey's idea, and then our idea, and then just awesome. mesh it. So. Good for you. <laughs> well, that, you. that's great. Uh, another video that I think our audience would enjoy is See You Again. Tell me oh. how that came together. <laughs> and then I also need to know where you shot that. Where did you shoot See You Again? Okay, so See You Again was at the Salt Lake City Capitol. And Capitol. who did you yeah. do that video with? With Nadia Christine. Yeah. Yep. Nadia, Beautiful. she's an amazing like singer songwriter in Utah. She's a cause based singer songwriter. So all of her songs and music videos are all about specific causes. And so she reached out to me and was like, let's collab on this music video. And so um, the idea behind that was we just we wanted to find a way to like celebrate and to um, recognize veterans and families of fallen soldiers. And, you know, and military is really significant to me. My dad was in the military. A lot of my awesome. family members been in the military. So to have an opportunity to be able to thank them and give back um, really, and this was her idea. She's like, I want to, I want to have like a really celestial feeling. And so that's kind of where the Capitol came in yeah. and the white dresses and like, I was going to ask, so you did shoot at the Capitol building. Mm-hmm. That's yep. where you're shooting. Cause you have the big, beautiful white columns mm-hmm. and it has a very celestial feeling. Yeah. To it. We kind of wanted to look like the temple almost, yeah. you know, like I will see you again. This is not the end, you know, yeah. that it's message of hope for the families. Gosh, it's beautiful. <laughs> You've got you. some kids in there and, <laughs> you're so kind. and some veterans and no, I've become a big we're going to start a Kelsey Edwards fan club here <laughs> in the uh, in the Latter Day Live studio right here. We're going to so we'll just have weekly meetings. No, I'm really impressed by what you do, Kelsey. So I think that in this in this age, there are a lot of YouTubers who just take it for granted, and it's and there's nothing wrong with vlogs if you say it's a vlog, but there are a lot who just say, "Check out my new music video." And it's, you know, an iPhone selfie lip syncing to their own song that they recorded, <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and I'm, I'm impressed and I appreciate. And again, I encourage 
fans of the show, go check out Kelsey Edwards, K-E-L-S-E-Y Edwards on YouTube because it is high production value and it's stuff that uh, if you happen to be in your mid-40s and have kids, (laughs) it's stuff that you can show your kids and and really, uh, again, and we're going to get to one for this Christmas, but I mean, there's just all kinds of really cool stuff. So I, I admire that you take so seriously your production value. I think it's really, really fantastic, both in the music as well as in um, as well as in the video. Now, if that. somebody wants to listen to your music outside of the videos, how do, how do people just, if they just want to stream or listen to your music, what's yeah. the best way to do that? The best place is Spotify or SoundCloud. So if you search my name on Spotify or SoundCloud, my music will come up there oh, as well. Okay. And the fun thing is I mostly have covers out right now, but I have like three new songs that I've written that are coming out soon too. So I'm really excited to share that with you. So Okay, how does that feel? To know that you're putting out your own music. Oh, it is so hard. <laughs> so hard. I feel so vulnerable when I do it because it's like good for you. People don't realize it's like a journal. Like I'm like about to spill my deepest, darkest like moments. I mean, not that's a little intense, but like things that are like hard for me or things that yeah. I've struggled with, like anxiety or like I'm gonna write a song about like my parents and how that was hard for me, you know? Um so so these like really but to me that's the beauty of being an artist is that yeah. you can convey these like um, these things that have made you who you are and hopefully somebody else out there somewhere can connect with it and, and feel something and be, you know, really just feel like they can relate because of it. Yeah. Yeah. Two weeks ago, Peter Breinholt was on the show and he talked about how he recorded his first album and he brought home a copy of the CD and he went to bed that night. He woke up the next morning and he heard it playing and he realized his parents were listening to it. And he said he instantly got so depressed, like, oh, no, that's so personal. <laughs> yeah. And he goes, I put it on a CD. I wanted people to hear it. But at the same time, it was like, no, you're listening to my internal thoughts. Exactly. So it's, but good for you. So you're putting out three original songs. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I've got two that are done right now. I'm working on a third one and actually a fourth one, too. But that one's, I'm still working on it. But yeah, two are Beautiful. done. Beautiful. Filming music videos, ready to release them soon. Hoping like January and February, I'd be like. So, is your are these going to be more in the electronic style then? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like an indie electronic because I really want people to still. I feel like if music is too electronic, you don't really. It's like you know, like yeah, and I'm just like not about (laughs) that. You know, I like the the organic kind of like emotional like. I relate to this. And so I want to keep that side with my yeah. music, but still bring in those cool electronic pop elements that are really popular right Very now. Very cool. I'm a big fan of electronic music. Really? Even cool. as an old man. Even as an old <laughs> man. Yeah. In fact, have you listened to Cascade's new Christmas album? You know, I saw that it just came out. I haven't listened oh, yet. Oh, it's fantastic. I'm We've stoked. had it on almost nonstop upstairs. It's been, it's That's a great awesome. album. Yeah. <laughs> highly recommend it. By the way, for all of our listeners, if you want to find all these things and you're driving or you're out jogging or whatever (laughs) don't worry about it go to latterdaylives.com we do show notes every week so there will be a link to everything we talk about each individual video whatever and we have some listeners who actually sit down and open the show notes while we while they listen Mm. and then they pause it and click on things and people have told me that so it's pretty cool cool. yeah it's pretty neat so there will be links to all of this And then let's talk about your participation with uh, Light the World. Yeah. So I am, I'm really excited to be part of the Light the World campaign this year. Um, I worked on it. I was part of it last year as well. Um, Worked with some people and um, that was, that was really cool this last year, but this year I feel like um, I just, sorry, I'm like trying to gather my thoughts because there's so much to it. Like basically it's it's beautiful. the, The part of the beautiful thing about this Light the World campaign is it's an opportunity to create and to serve um, in a very unique way. And and last year, the 
difference was that it was a little bit more structured, but this year kind of we've been, we've been suggested like find a way to serve and do something. And so, um, yeah, it's been really cool. That's cool. And now did you do a live event also? Yes, I did. So a couple weeks ago, I, I, uh, helped hosted a light the world charity concert with, um, some friends, Nicole Shahan and Ryan Rostrom. They helped me and they were a huge help. And we, we did a a food, like a food drive for, for the food and care coalition in Provo. Got a bunch so of amazing great. musicians together. They all donated their time. Got some pie from Crust Club, and then so people brought cans of donations, or they bought like they brought five dollars to donate, and we were able to just give them an experience in return for helping the food and care. How, how was that experience? It was so cool. It was honestly that was an amazing experience because at the end of the concert, I'd been so distracted with everything, trying to run everything and like make sure everything was going well. After the concert was over, I walked over to the food like the can donation and just looked, and my jaw just dropped i was just oh, like oh my goodness rewarding. there was it was just filled to the brim people brought way more than four cans each you know for each person and i was just because that was the whole goal of the event was like how can i give back in this different way that's like you know something that i yeah. do but like and so to be able to see that we were able to help that so much just like i almost cried i was like thank you so much it's so cool <laughs> so. <laughs> i love that you use your talent for good like that yeah the whole light the world thing has just been amazing and you, in fact, I was out of town when you did that concert. I saw that it was happening mm-hmm. in our Facebook group. And unfortunately, I was out of town. I was so bummed, bummed because I, <laughs> I'm almost always out of town for these events. It drives oh. me nuts. And then you have created the cutest, sweetest video this year. It is adorable. Thank I'm you. sorry. It is so sweet. Tell us about, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, Little Drummer Boy. Okay. So Little Drummer Boy, this idea kind of came to me actually last Christmas to do a song of Little Drummer Boy that was kind of like acapella and use some very organic sounds. And so this year I was like, okay, how can I bring that version to life? And um, basically I, I met this um, this woman named Susie Oliveira. She has a daughter named Reese Oliveira who's extremely talented, amazing singer. How old is Reese? Reese is 12. Yeah, she's little and... <laughs> just cute as a button i know but then she starts singing she's got pipes holy cow but she's 12 i love that girl she's she's, amazing she was great yeah so yeah i met i met Susie at this youtube conference i knew that i wanted to work with her and her daughter right away and so um i'd kind of had this idea brewing in my mind for the last year that i wanted to do Mm. this little drummer boy cover with a kind of organic different sound and so um reached out to Susie. She was like, yeah, let's do it. And so she helped me figure out, okay, how can we tie this all together? So basically what, what it came to be is that we're we're in a workshop and I don't want to give away too much, but we're using, um, you know, the sound is based off of like sounds from a workshop. And at the yeah. end, you find that we're building something. You have to go watch it. You got to go watch it. We won't, we won't it. blow it. <laughs> yeah. We won't blow it by telling you what it is you're building, but yeah. it's fantastic. Thank you. And our listeners need to go check it out. So I, I from being a little boy, have always, Little Drummer Boy is my favorite Christmas song. Aw. And uh, I, I'm really letting on here that I'm a giant baby, and I, I guess I kind of am. <laughs> Every year when, and maybe it's because it's just the buildup now, but when I hear Little Drummer Boy for the first time, I cry. Every year. I don't know what it is. It's the line when, first of all, I played my best for him. Mm-hmm. There's something about that, that everyone can give. And this is what I love about Light the World is that there are huge things like concerts and like, you know, whatever live events and the vending machines and the videos and all that. And then there's, hey, there's someone who looks hungry. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to buy him lunch because that's what I can do right now. Mm-hmm. And that everyone can do something. And this idea that here it is, Christ's birth, 
And this little drummer boy just says, I don't know what else to do, but I'll play my best. That line, I played my best for him, just gets me every time. So this year, so I always wait to listen to it when I'm in private. Aww. In fact, it came it came on at one point and I wasn't ready. So I turned it off and my <laughs> wife started laughing at me. She's like, not ready for your annual cry over your song. <laughs> But the first time I listened to Little Little Drummer Boy this year was your rendition of it. So thank you. It was such a sweet video, and it was so. I think you really captured the spirit of it. So, so what is next for Kelsey Edwards? You know, that's a that is a wonderful question. I I'm excited. I really appreciate your support, by the way, like of the music videos and stuff. I just I really it's important to me to be able to create. um, I want to be able to inspire people and hopefully do something that will touch people regardless of whatever it is like if it's believer or heathens or little drummer boy or see you again like i want to be able to create content that um that maybe makes someone think about something you know what i mean like with believer it's like hmm how i can like let my trials shape me or i can choose to overcome them kind of what we talked about with heathens it's like oh um I could not be, I don't need to be so judgmental because we're all just people and we're all doing our best. You know? sure. We're all just trying to make it through. And with he, you know, with um, Little Drummer Boy, it's about like remembering Christ. And so yeah. I guess the the long answer to your question is that what I'm, whatever I'm hoping to do next, I hope that it can touch somebody, inspire them. So um, the music that I'm releasing soon, you know, and that that's, that's a little bit different. Those are kind of more like this is a boy that I dated and stuff, but still like hopefully someone will relate to it in some way that will help them feel, I am, I feel understood because of that. Um, so we're working on those, those songs I'm working on, um, just random film projects currently helping with producing a documentary series for a nonprofit organization called CCD smiles. Yeah. Tell Mm -hmm. us a little bit about that. I saw that you, in one of your last vlogs, we're mm-hmm. talking about that. Yeah. Or no, is at the end of the little, the end drummer of little Drummer Boy, Boy. video. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, probably many of you, a lot of the viewers have seen Stranger Things. Yeah. And you know, the curly haired boy, Dustin, he is so funny. Um, so funny. <laughs> right? Yeah, he is fantastic. <laughs> he is. And uh, he doesn't, people have like asked like, oh, why, why doesn't he have teeth? And it's because he has a condition called CCD. I'm not going to try to say the actual technical name because I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll mess it up. But um, I read it, but I don't even remember yeah, what it is. But it's cranial yeah. something. But um, it's a genetic mutation, and basically it makes it so the person with the disorder doesn't have teeth. They're born without mm. teeth. Um, they have baby teeth, but they don't lose their baby teeth, and they don't get adult teeth. They don't have collarbones. There's a lot of things that happen. And so anyway, I'm working on a documentary series with, with Gaten and with the founder of CCD Smiles, named wow. Kelly, who also has CCD, to try to raise awareness for this organization. And the thing is, people don't realize is these people don't have teeth and insurance does not cover surgery what? for them to get teeth. Yeah. Really? So, yeah. So I met last week, I met a 30-year-old woman with CCD who has never had a real pair of teeth in her whole entire life. Oh. Isn't that shocking? That is heartbreaking. I know. What, what's shocking to me is how am I just hearing about this now? I, I have I never heard of this. <laughs> I know. That's what I so said. good for you for bringing it so, to light. I just, I, I'm just really passionate about it. And I, I want to be able to do what I can to raise awareness and raise money for these people to be able to get these teeth. And so yeah. thankfully, and honestly, not a lot of people know about this. It's a very rare condition. And it, because of Gaten and, and his fame, like yeah. people are now becoming more aware of it. And so it's, it's a huge thing though. Like, if people want to get involved, what's the name of the foundation? It's called CCD Smiles. CCD Smiles, probably ccdsmiles.org. CCDsmiles.org. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's and, a great word. You can make a donation. You can share, you know, the content there. Well, if you want to talk about light the world, I mean, your smile is such a basic thing. And for these people who maybe can't afford 
to get the surgery, uh, that's heartbreaking. Yeah. I mean, talk about being able to make somebody's day. I would say that's a great charity for people to get involved with. Yep. So question, same. question for you, and we'll, we'll kind of wrap things up here in a minute, but question for you on the church. We've had a couple of millennia. You know, we, we've had Monica Moore Smith. Clint Pulver is kind of on the other edge of being a millennial. <laughs> yeah, he's um, great. But so great. And you guys, I'll tell you, it's one of the things that just gives me so much joy about watching this generation coming up and taking control and using YouTube and Facebook and, and all these other technologies to spread the gospel. But, you know, we also have a lot of younger members of the church who are exploring other things or maybe don't feel like the church is meeting their needs. Any thoughts for our listeners who are my age, middle age, uh, and older, <laughs> old men like me? What, what, what recommendation do you have for people who are working with millennials or any thoughts as to how we can be better and uh, kind of make, make millennials feel more included? In the church, how millennials can feel more included yeah, in the church. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to put you on the spot to be the spokesperson for millennials, but you're just so <laughs> well adjusted into it. And I'm so impressed with all the things that you're doing. And yet I see so many millennials who are saying, you know what, this isn't my church, it's my dad's church, or, you know, and, and stepping away. What what You have friends, I'm sure, who have maybe left the church and exploring other things. Mm-hmm. What would you What would you guess or what can people do better? Or is there nothing? Is it just that's just what they're doing right now? No, I would say I think that one of the biggest challenges that I that I um, just through my conversations with my friends as a millennial and, and and being a millennial myself that I've noticed sometimes with like um, the older generation or just cultural tendencies there's there's a lot of judgment I feel like sometimes and yeah. that's been hard for me and that's what I've noticed is hard for other people sometimes so I think that one thing that would help help millennials feel more more welcome and more open minded about everything is just um, recognition that like. We are all doing our best, you know. Like we're we're all we're all just trying, and I, um, I feel like there's a lot of black and white, and and you're bad if you do this. Sometimes culturally, culturally speaking, I yeah, mean, not I, not I, like doctrinally, but um, I believe that. But culturally, that sometimes the yeah. the thing that comes falls on us millennials is like, well, if you messed up, then you're a terrible person. And so I think that um, having more open mindedness and more like patience and understanding and application of the atonement, which is Jesus Christ's sacrifice yeah. for us. Um, recognizing that that is able to work in everyone's lives. And so I feel like if there's that openness, that accepting nature and that love and understanding that everyone is different, we're all on our own paths and we're just doing the best we can. I feel like that can help with millennials a lot. I love that. I I feel like when you look at what what some of the last words that Christ said, I mean, he was hanging by thieves Mm -hmm. and he says, tonight you dine with me in paradise. You know, or the woman that everybody's about to stone and 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 judge, and he says, "Who are, who of you are perfect?" Right. And then somehow we have a hard time translating that. I think sometimes in who we see at church or yeah. how someone looks or dresses or maybe something they do during the week. And and I think we should all take a page from Christ on that, hundred percent, and just say, you know what, I'm gonna I'm doing the best I can, and I'm gonna assume you're doing the best that you can. Exactly. Yeah. Give people the benefit of the doubt and just love. Like Christ was the ultimate example of love and none of us are perfect we we make mistakes all the time but he still his love never changes and i yeah. i just wish that and i'm working on this myself but being able to reflect that same unconditional understanding and love for other people that are just doing their best you know that's fantastic so millennials aren't all horrible like i've always thought <laughs> <laughs> i just yeah, thought i'd throw in a last minute judgment so 
Well, Kelsey, this has been just wonderful. You are really impressive. I've got to tell you, I think our listeners are going to really enjoy this. So YouTube, again, you can go to latterdaylives.com and there will be show notes on all of this. YouTube, search for Kelsey Edwards. Uh, do you do, I know you're active on Facebook and you mm-hmm. share your videos on Facebook. People can find you there, yep. Instagram, yep. kind of all the basic social media outlets. And yep. I love that you're using it for such good. Um, to wrap things up, unless there's anything else you want to share. I was just going to say, if you do happen to go over to my Instagram or my YouTube, like go ahead and give me a follow or, or comment or whatever. And just let me know that you like that you came from this. I would love to hear and like talk to those of you who heard this podcast. So yes, just let me please. know. Like I'd love to connect with you. Yeah. So. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. And Kelsey's very active in all these things. Mm-hmm. So let her know you heard her on the podcast. That'd yeah, be great. I try to come back to everybody. So yeah. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, we're going to wrap up uh, the interview asking you the question we ask everybody. Mm-hmm. It's the ending question, yeah. which is what does being a member of the church mean to you? Um, so I was thinking about this a little bit. And basically, why I'm grateful to be a member of the church is because it is centered in Christ, and I feel the most peace and the most um, happiness in my life when I'm centered in Christ. And there's a lot of distractions. There's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of conflicting doctrines and teachings and, and messages that we are surrounded by in this world. But I find so much clarity when I focus on the Savior. And so um, what being a member of this church means to me is is a clear clear, um, concentrated message about the Savior. And I've learned uh, so much about Him, and I have learned, I've learned more of Him and also have become closer to Him because of the things that I've learned in this gospel. So mm. I believe in His atonement. I know that it's real, and I have felt it and applied it in my life, which is Christ's suffering that allows us to be able to change and become better. That's what the atonement is. And um, being able to understand that, apply that has helped me learn how to become more like Jesus Christ. And so that has really just changed everything for me. So Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for spending this time. Again, to our listeners, go check out uh, everything Kelsey does. <laughs> Kelsey, you are a, a very talented artist. And thank you for sharing your Latter-day life with us today. Thank Appreciate it. Thank you so it. much. <laughs> My special thanks to Kelsey Edwards for coming over and sitting down with me. What a fantastic person she is. Just so talented and so humble. And I just was so happy being around her. Just great. So thank you so much, Kelsey. This week in my Latter-day life, uh, you know, a lot of what's going on right now is like the world. And I love seeing it. I see it on Facebook and on Instagram and all over the place. Hashtag light the world. And I wanted to do something. We've been doing a lot of sort of little things, or I've been doing little things uh, for people and trying to, you know, look at whatever that day is for Light the World. But I wanted to do something as a family. And I looked at the calendar, and and last Monday was uh, to love your neighbor. And it was specific about neighbors. And I thought, well, I can do that. I love my neighbors. So last Saturday, an idea came to me. Um, I know Santa. Yes, I do. Yes, Santa Claus himself. And uh, since I know we've had some people tell us that they listen to this podcast, 
in the car while their kids are there. Let me just say, Santa and I have never been in the same room together. Somehow, whenever he shows up, I'm not there. And my wife knows Mrs. Claus. Same thing, whenever Mrs. Claus shows up. Somehow my wife is not there. We will leave it at that, wink, wink. But so we know Santa and Mrs. Claus, and I thought, how could we put this to good use? So last Saturday, I called up one of our neighbors. Kim Lloyd is a phenomenal photographer. I mean, she has a true gift of capturing families. In fact, quick plug for Kim. If you go to KimLloydPhotos.com, you will be blown away. She just has such a beautiful gift for, for capturing people with her photography. And uh, Kim Lloyd, Kim, that's L-L-O-Y-D, KimLloydPhotos.com. And uh, they are neighbors of ours and have become wonderful friends. Her husband, Mike, uh, is just an amazing guy, one of the smartest guys I know and uh, in our stake presidency. And, and I'm very fortunate to get to work with their son and young men. So great family. So I called Kim and said, hey, what if we had Santa come over to our house on Monday night with Mrs. Claus and invited the neighbors over to take pictures with them? And uh, we just need a good photographer. And so people brought their own phones, mostly cameras, and Kim would take the pictures. And that was the plan. And we were so excited. And Kim said, well, why don't we bring hot chocolate? And we said, great, we'll get candy canes and uh, let's make it a big party. And then Kim asked if they could make a sign. Now I'm expecting a little cardboard handmade sign that says Santa is here or something out in front. And uh, sure enough, they show up. And because everything the Lloyds do is awesome, they had this sign with bright flashing lights on it. Well, I set up my PA system outside and put together a mix of Christmas music. And we had it blasting through the neighborhood with this sign with flashing lights. And I had to go take care of the reindeer with my wife. But as soon as we left, about five minutes later, who showed up but Santa and Mrs. Claus. Now, we had announced it at church that all the neighbors were welcome. And uh, we'd put it up on our ward's Facebook page. But we really didn't know if anyone was going to show up. But right, uh, we did it from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. And right at 5 p.m., families started rolling in. And throughout the night, we had about 15 families, I think, that stopped by. I didn't really count. But uh, how fun it was. The surprise to us was we thought that families would come in and that they would get the picture taken and then they'd maybe have some, you know, a little bit of hot chocolate or whatever and that they would take off. What was such a blessing was that most of the families came in to our living room. We kind of had a front, we have a front room where we took the pictures and then a separate living room. And uh, most of the families came in and hung out, either in the kitchen or the living room. Neighbors sat and talked to each other. And uh, this is what I'm told, because of course I wasn't there. But, uh, and and Kim kept taking pictures and take, shooting video. And, uh, and Mike was kind of just running things and and uh, their kids and, and our kids were serving up hot chocolate to people and making sure kids had candy canes. And we took a bunch of photos, and it was so wonderful. And I'm so grateful uh, for that little nudge. Don't know why it took, like, the world to nudge me into doing something great for Christmas, but my incredible thanks to um, Mike and Kim Lloyd 
and to their family and how fun to do that with them and to the families that came and what a fun fun evening it was and I will say love thy neighbor for me is easy I love my neighbors wonderful wonderful night that is because I love Christmas love my neighbors nothing but good times and that is what is going on in my latter-day life so uh, that's it that's another episode of the podcast down we want to thank you so much for tuning in this week and every week remember if you enjoy the podcast there is nothing that means more to us than sharing it Uh, if you can share it with a friend someone who may enjoy it boy that's just the greatest thing on earth for us and we're so grateful for all of you who reach out to us got some nice messages this week about garth smith tremendous man hopefully some of you got out to see him and are listening to his music like i am this christmas if you do want to reach me uh, i can be reached sean at latterdaylives.com that's s-h-a-w-n at latterdaylives.com that's usually the best way to get a hold of me remember show notes will be available on latterdaylives.com just look for the show notes And, of course, you can reach us on social media. On Twitter, we're Latterday underscore Lives. Facebook is Facebook.com slash Latterday Lives Podcast. Instagram, we're Latter underscore Day underscore Lives. And I just want to thank you all for listening. I am so grateful for all of our listeners and that the show just continues to grow. And next week, we will have another one. But until then, please remember, as every week... There is a great, big, beautiful world out there. So go be in it, just not of it. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 